Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Chandler Lincoln Gergar. And Lincoln and I have this beautiful conversation and channeling session about how to connect to our higher self, how we can connect to our soul, to our higher self, and get more guidance from the other side in our lives. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Lincoln Gergar. How are you doing, Lincoln? Hi, Alex. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate this opportunity. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am excited to talk to you about your journey and uh, and maybe do a little channeling later on of our higher of your higher self uh, and answer some uh, some deep questions for the audience. So, my okay. first question to you, sir, is: What was your life like prior to this insanity that is channeling? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was I was actually a very quiet kid. Um, I was very introverted, and I didn't realize it until after I left high school, went to college, met a Buddhism professor, and then later on moved to Sedona, where I met some older men who were, you know, lifelong spiritualists. I met them when they were in their sixties, and they've been doing it since the hippie generation. So that's when I first realized that I had some unique experiences when I was young. Um, and I just kind of thought this is like how your mind works. Um, so I had a really good ability to read people. And I just knew things about people and about situations. Um, I would have premonitions where I would know something was going to happen. Well, this is a cool story. I actually had two types of premonitions. So I had one where like you knew something was going to happen. And then a few minutes later, it actually happened. So it's like there was a part of my mind that was like ahead of what was happening in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, thought that this is how the universe worked. It was nothing I had any words for or anything else like that. Um, but then also when I was around the age of 14, I started having premonitional dreams and I would see it so vividly and it'd be myself with my friends, but I'd always be in a unique location that I couldn't recognize And there were weird things happening, things that were out of the normal. And then like a few weeks later, the event would actually take place in the physical world in real life. So when I was having these, I would talk to my mom about it. Because we were young kids, we'd watch the X-Files show, you know, and there's all these like paranormal things going on. So it was exciting for a young kid to, you know, get exposed to this. And that was really the only exposure I had to anything non-physical. Uh, So I tell my mom I'd have the dream and it was more vivid and more real than your other dreams would be. So one example, um, I was part of this high school club and we would go travel to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania or some other big city in Pennsylvania where I'm from. 
And one time we went to Harrisburg and there's all these kids from different schools in that club that would then compete at this state level competition. So the dream that I had is we were sitting in a hotel room and there were kids on the bed and everyone just sitting up and I didn't know half of them, but my two closest friends were also in the hotel room and they were just sitting up on the bed. And my one friend reached down from the side of the bed and pulled out this giant sombrero, like the kind you'd get at a Mexican mm -hmm. restaurant for your birthday, this huge sure, sombrero. Sure. Yeah. So it's the weirdest thing to happen in a dream. So he pulls out this sombrero and then the dream basically ends. So I didn't really know what to make of it, but it was so vivid. Well, sure enough, like a month later, I went on this trip. We stayed in the hotel and the exact same thing happened. He pulled out this sombrero that the kids from this other school had in their hotel room with them. So there were like, you know, wild experiences like that growing up. So there's so that is the beginnings of the, you know, the, the X-Files-esque things <laughs> that started happening in your life. But that's still a far cry from channeling. So what was the first yes. time that this situation started? Like when, when you heard the voices? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually worked with it consciously and I thought it was like a higher part of my mind. Okay. So I started noticing when I was in college that I could sit down and, and type out a, a paper, like an exam paper, just from start to finish. And it would just kind of flow through me. But I just thought like I knew, you know, I'm I knew really good. Like I'm, and, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good yeah. <laughs> I had a little humility, you know, I'm a little more cocky now. <laughs> uh, but back then it was real curious. I thought my mind just worked really well and I knew the information. But then it started getting a little more advanced and I started understanding and reading books about spirituality. So I'd be taking tests. And when it was a multiple choice test, sometimes I wouldn't know the answer to the question. And I was a pretty good student. So, you know, I know a lot of the answers, but sometimes like there's those ones the teacher throws in that you never studied for. They weren't on the on any of the notes or any of the, the books, the textbooks. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'd get to these stumpers and I would ask my higher self, ask my mind what the answer would be. And I could hear the message. And then also when I would look at the specific multiple choice question, I could feel this knowing. And so I was training myself in college to feel into intuition and into this higher consciousness that was communicating through me. And to make sure that I was, you know, not deluding myself, because you got to be real careful about that, especially when it comes to non-physical things. Um, I would, with my pencil, put a small mark next to the multiple choice answer that my intuition told me was correct. And I'd put a different mark, like a little plus sign next to the answer that my logical mind thought was correct. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the paper and the test, I'd come back and then I'd choose the one that I wanted to go with. And then you get the test paper back like a week or two later and you get to see. And I made the mark small enough so I, hopefully the teacher wouldn't catch it and think I was cheating because I really wasn't except I was using the universe. I mean, kind of, kind of using <laughs> the universe as a cheat, a cheat sheet, but fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was kind of cheating in a non-physical way. Um, and it turned out that every answer my intuition had ever given me throughout college was the right answer. Now, myself, I didn't always choose the right answer because there's this battle between your logical mind and your intuitive mind. But every single time, my higher self had the right answer to these questions that there's no way I could have known. And I sometimes pick the wrong answer. So when this, so at this point, it's still very much of a dialogue inside your mind kind yeah. of thing. It is not, <clears throat> it's something you can wrap your head around a bit. 
a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was understanding. I read like Carlos Castaneda. I don't know if you've read him. Of course. And, of course. Yeah. So it's like mind blowing stuff about other realities. So a lot I'm of this young kid. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> on board. Like I want to go into another reality. I want to jump off a cliff and disappear and sure, you know, sure, find sure. myself somewhere else. Uh, so I wanted to know these things and I believe they were real. And I think that that really allowed these experiences to open up for me. Um, I also was practicing Zen meditation since I was 18. So I'd sit and stare at the blank wall in my bedroom and then just work on silencing my mind. So like all this kind of came together and I just trusted the experience as it unfolded. Uh, so the first time I ever channeled, I was with a woman in a relationship and I had been working a normal type job in Sedona where I lived at the time. And she was always encouraging me, you know, you really should do something with spirituality. You love it. You know, it's your, basically your life and you, you know, you like your job, but it's not really what you want to do. It's just for the time being. So she encouraged me to, to do this because for about two years, I was giving messages to my friends, answering mm -hmm. questions for them, helping them out in that way. But I wasn't really doing it for a professional purpose, wasn't charging any money or anything like that. So I said, okay, you know, we'll put down this camera. I had a little pocket camera. We'll put down this camera and we'll record myself and you can ask me questions and I'll give you the answers. So the reason why we started this is a week prior, I had seen some sort of website ad that Google had just bought YouTube. And I didn't know there was such a thing as a video streaming service online. Right. So I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I can record myself and I can just throw it up there. And if anything happens, you know, then I'll just go with it. Because I was very much about allowing the universe to show me what's in my path. And, you know, being a student of Zen, it's less about what you want. It's more about just what arises naturally. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Uh, so we turn on the camera and she asked me my first question. And usually I would put my consciousness in my brain area and I could feel this energy coming through the top of my head. And then it was like I would project my thoughts up above my head. And then I'd hear an answer and feel it coming down into my head. And it would sound different. So mm -hmm. I recognize that my conscious thoughts sound a certain way and feel a certain way. My subconscious thoughts, which are the ones that just pop up automatically, they felt different and sounded different. And then these higher mind thoughts or the higher self thoughts, they felt different and they sounded different also. So I had these like three levels of mind that I'd notice. So I was sitting there and I was thinking, okay, I'll just talk to my higher self and I'll tell you what I hear. And instead of that experience, I felt this energy getting really big in my throat area. Like you couldn't swallow, like this buildup of energy. And I sat with it and I told my girlfriend at the time, like, this is trying to speak through me. Like, I think this, this voice, it wants me to talk, wants me to channel it. And so I had to learn in that moment while the video camera was playing, how to actually allow this voice to come through me and yeah, let it use my body to talk. And how, how did that feel? <laughs> like the first, <laughs> the first time, I'm like, <laughs> I get it all, I understand it all. But like, as you feel like there's something trying to get through me. I mean, is that scary? Is that kind of like unnerving that something is coming through you? And that's at that the first time, the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not what I was connecting with in no way ever was frightening. It was wise. It was peaceful. 
I was never told what to do. I was never told how to think. I was given freedom and I was honored freedom the whole time for many years while I was talking to this inner consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I know some people in spirituality, they'll say like, I'm guided to go somewhere to meet somebody. That's never been my experience. My experience is this intelligence is hands off and I ask and I receive. And if I don't ask, nothing comes through. So it's very much this reciprocal, like healthy exchange. So I've never been afraid of that consciousness. I've always enjoyed it. It was a, a beautiful, peaceful experiencing uh, experience. Then later on, I started to embody more of the energy as that channel came down and entered my lower chakras, like my throat and down. Then I actually started to feel the bliss of it. But up here, it was very intellectual, very peaceful and very wise. So I wasn't afraid of that. What I, what I was afraid of was how are people going to see me? Right. That was my uh, next question. I'm that's like, the scary part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming you you start channeling, uh, you know, through your, you know, you're becoming a trans, essentially a trans channel, essentially, right? Yeah. I'm lucid. Um, so I don't leave my body, but I do see in multiple dimensions while I'm channeling. So my third eye opens up and I see and I feel whatever it is I'm talking about. But I'm still in my body and I'm aware of my physical senses mm -hmm. anywhere from, say, like maybe 50% or more um, down to maybe like 5%. Like sometimes I'm hardly aware of my physical body and the physical environment while I'm in these channeling states. Right. So you can like take a back seat, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I listen. I'm aware of it all. I can tell you the content of the channeling while it's in my short term memory. And then usually when I work with someone again, because I do one on one work, I'll, as soon as I see them, I'll start remembering what it was that I was channeling for them, even if it was a few years ago. Got it. Because I'm yeah, I'm plugged into the universe and it remembers that exchange. Okay, so now you're channeling. Uh, mm -hmm. You're comfortable with the channeling. And kind now of. you're like, <laughs> kind of comfortable with the channeling. You're getting used to it. Uh, you're, you're still in the closet, the spiritual closet, uh, mm -hmm. in that sense, the channeling closet. So yeah. when do you decide to come out publicly about this and how did the people around you, your family, your friends, colleagues react to, Hey man, I channel mm -hmm. <laughs> back in the time, by the way, you're talking about 15, 20 years yeah. ago when this happened. Yeah. It was 2006. So yeah. if it's 2006, this is still not a, I mean, it's kind of known, but it's not as known as no. it is today. Yeah. When I first got on YouTube, there were only at least the ones that I could find three other channels. And I was the only one with the video on showing it. Uh, right. The other ones would have animated pictures and then you'd hear their voice and they'd read the message that they got. Um, so yeah, channeling was very new back then. Uh, I made the choice to channel because for me, the channeling intelligence was far superior than my human intelligence. <laughs> now, I, I was considered like an intelligent kid. Like I could have great conversations about spirituality. I knew my concepts. But I also knew that this higher intelligence blows my personal mind away. Right. Because people tell me, Lincoln, you should be a spiritual teacher. I'm like, I don't want to be that. Like, I'm not ready. Like, but this higher intelligence, like it uh, communicates things. It has better explanations and it perceives things that my human personality just doesn't comprehend. Well, let me ask you. So you're calling it the higher self. Is this truly your higher self or is this another entity or how does that work? I consider it my own higher self, and I'll explain my cosmology for our like soul consciousness and that's so then it's helpful. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so essentially, at our highest level of realization, we're identical to the source consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I say we're all God consciousness having a human experience. So God consciousness, that universal source, has divided itself into an infinite number of perspectives with infinite understandings and infinite creative expressions because God consciousness is infinite. So we're all God, but we're not perceiving the fullness of that which we are. In order for God to have an experience, being that it is everything, it has to create the illusion of not being everything. So it creates the illusion of not being itself in an infinite number of ways to experience infinite possibilities for infinite time. Mm -hmm. So when we learn to go beyond our identification with the physical form of ourself, then we start to realize another layer of ourselves or more layers of ourselves. So we have the astral body and we have the causal body. And then eventually we get into a state of pure consciousness. Then beyond the pure consciousness is God consciousness. So like in deep meditation, I had some powerful experiences when I was young. And one of the experiences I had, and it just happened spontaneously. And for myself, the most remarkable experiences are always ones that just happen spontaneously. Mm -hmm. So I had committed myself to a month of meditation after I graduated from college. I moved to Sedona, and before I wanted to go off and find a job, I said, okay, I have enough money saved. I'm just going to stay in my house for a month, and I'm just going to meditate every day, and that's all I'm going to do. And about two or three weeks into it, I woke up one morning, and I was unusually tired. And I decided to go back downstairs to my bedroom. And when I went to bed, I laid on the bed. Immediately, I just lost consciousness. And I found myself in a dimension of only white light. And I was being the white light. I had no thought process. I had no awareness of myself as even an experience, but I was experiencing it. It's like there's no reflection. So in our normal lives, there's this recognition, I am, I'm existing, I'm having this experience, I'm perceiving things. In that meditative state, there's no reflective mind, but you still are having the experience and you're perfectly aware of it. And so everything was just this white light and it was so blissful, so amazing. And I was stayed there for, felt like maybe 30 seconds or so. And then my mind had a reflection. It realized I'm having this experience. And it wasn't a thought, it was a knowing. I, I knew that I existed in this state. I was perceiving it beforehand, but there was no movement. There was like a movement in myself. And as soon as that movement happened, then that white light dimension started fading away. And then I was back in my bedroom. And I was lying on my bed and everything was crystal clear in my bedroom. And then I realized my physical eyes are closed because I could feel my eyelids closed. And so I was seeing fully with my mind, seeing this physical reality. And then I opened my eyelids. So that I experience as the self or the deepest state of consciousness where you strip away the world and you strip away mm -hmm. the human ego and your identity and all that. For me, there's something beyond that. And that's God. Mm -hmm. But in that state of being the soul, that knowing is the higher self's knowing. So I say like between our soul and God consciousness, there's our inner teacher or our guide, but it's actually our most evolved state. And through meditation, we touch it. Sometimes we just have this bliss come through. Like that's just part of this process. 
So I was given this experience. I never planned for it. I, there's, I don't even know how to recreate it. I didn't at the time. Um, and that was about two years before I started channeling the higher self. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, then as I channeled the higher self, this experience kept happening where I'd be looking at the camera and the whole room would turn white and I'd be in this bliss energy and everything would be white again. And that's when I started realizing that our higher self exists in this dimension of oneness and bliss and unity. So back to the other question, when you came out of the closet, how did that, how, how did, how did you deal with that psychologically? Yeah. Uh, it took, <laughs> so I, I was creating YouTube or YouTube videos for years and I still wouldn't tell people what I did. Um, so I stayed were in the you closet doing long you, after I came out. Yeah. You, and when you started, were you doing it professionally? Were you taking like, I was, yeah, I was doing it professionally. I did it for donation for 17 years. So mm -hmm. no set fee, you know, I'd work with anybody as long as they were sincere. I think like twice people had like a, a manipulative energy and I was like, no, I'm not going to work with you. Um, mm -hmm. But I worked with thousands of people and it was all donation. Um, and then I got to a point of like, okay, I got to kind of step up my own game because I had my own resistance and my own limiting beliefs about, you know, money yeah. and, and sure. all of that. Um, but for years, if I'd meet somebody new, like at a, you know, go see my family, I'd be out in public, I'd say like, I'm a website developer. Or I'm a real estate photographer because those are my first jobs. And uh, I wouldn't tell them about the spiritual thing because channeling is so far out there. And I was raised to be a medical doctor. Like I was in med school or pre-med in college. Um, like I'm not supposed to be somebody talking with a strange voice from, you know, something that doesn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that, yeah. so when when your kind of family and friends found out, was it okay? Did they accept it? Did you deal with it? How did that go? Uh, yeah, my, uh, I mean, I changed my life so completely. Um, a lot of my friends I moved away from when I was in college because I was sure. doing the partying thing in college mm -hmm. and I couldn't sure. meditate in the morning if I was up partying all night. <laughs> so yeah, so I gave that up in college and I lost a lot of my friends in the process. Sure. Um, and they couldn't understand it. And I think someone took it personally when it really mm -hmm. wasn't meant to be that. Like I needed to do something for myself and I, I loved my friends, but yeah, I was clearly going in a different direction. Um, my mom, I actually read Carlos Castaneda and my first Zen book from my mom's bookshelf. Uh, it was the day after I graduated high school because I never read any books and I was really bored. And I talked to my mom and she said, why don't you read something? And you know, I resisted because all the stuff we read in school was very depressing. Mm -hmm. It was horrible stories. I, I did not like that content at all. And so finally I said, okay, I'll go through your bookshelf. And I chose Carlos Castaneda because it sounded interesting. And so that blew my mind. Uh, so my mom already knew about the stuff, but interestingly, Alex, my dad to this day, I love my dad and we have a great relationship. We see each other many times a year. My dad still doesn't understand what I do. You and me both, brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah try to explain podcasting to, you know, a 70 something yeah. year old Cuban. Like it's uh -huh. not. A thing. <laughs> no, no, it's another <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My dad was visiting and just uh, like a few months ago, and he said, he's like, Lincoln, like, why do you speak in this strange voice on your videos? And like, I try to explain it to him, you know, but it's just outside of his scope of reality. 
And I love him so much. You know, he's an amazing father. I'm blessed to have him, but this is just another world for him. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, So let me ask you during all the times you were channeling, is there a moment that you're channeling completely shaped somebody else's life or impacted somebody else's life in a drastic way? In positive way. Uh, yeah, I um, I don't always know how things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I can give you I can give you a story that just happened. Uh, when would this be? I was in California at a private retreat in April, I think April or March, and uh, this woman had just begun meditating, and she learned meditation from a friend of mine, and we were um, teaching at this retreat. He was leading it and he's a yoga and breath coach and amazing person. And then he brought me in to do the channeling. And this woman had just started meditating a few months earlier because she, uh, a number of years ago, she lost her child. Um, he passed away. And for like four years, I believe it was, she was struggling with the loss of her son. And she had never experienced channeling. She just started meditating maybe four or five months earlier. And she had a private session with me at the retreat. And she noticed some experiences happening in meditation. And she asked me questions. So I was explaining, if you look into your third eye, like, yeah, you're going to see the tunnel. She had seen like some lights and things. And I told her what to keep doing um, because of this, you know, how to awaken that third eye experience, because there's an actual doorway and then you can see into other realities. And so I gave her that coaching and I channeled for her. And when I was channeling for her, that light appeared again in her mind. And it was the first time she ever saw the white light at the end of that violet colored tunnel. So that was really profound for her. Um, And she told me afterwards, like I could feel, I could see it. It was so amazing. But Lincoln, you said the tunnel is supposed to, or the doorway actually is supposed to open up and get bigger, but that didn't happen. The light stayed a far distance away. And I said, that's okay. That's still a really powerful experience. It'll keep evolving. Just trust the process. So then later that day, we had a group meditation and I was leading the channeling for the group meditation and my eyes are closed and I'm channeling and I hear somebody crying in the audience. You know, there's about say 20 participants in the, in the private retreat. And later on, I found out that this woman had been doing the meditation. I was guiding through the channeling and the light appeared again. And she decided just to look into it like I told her and just surrender to the process. And she said that the doorway opened up and she went through the doorway and her son was on the other side, along with her other family members. And she got to meet her son. Um, And it was so amazing. And she was so grateful. And then the next day, we did it again, this group meditation again. And I don't really know what her experience was because I didn't have a chance to talk to her because it was the last day and I was busy doing another online class. But she said that she saw God. She met God. And she went through that experience again. And I don't know what exactly her experience was, but she met God. Wow. So it's almost like it's almost like connecting to a near-death experience. Yeah. Yeah. There's a doorway. There's different doorways. So we can hear in our non-physical perception. And we can see in our non-physical perception. For me, it was very natural. It's like you have physical eyes and physical ears and you know skin with nerves. Well, non-physically, those senses exist. So for me, touch, taste, and smell all equate to the feeling sensation in our energy body. And then sight, of course, is like sight and sound is like sound. 
So we can learn to awaken these non-physical senses through meditation and through different practices we do. And then we just learn to become comfortable doing this. So when you open up your mind's eye, you can perceive into non-physical reality. And if your vibration can get high enough, you perceive in higher dimensions. And you have to take it at a pretty strong level. You have to get into a really happy, high feeling in order to then perceive disincarnate souls. Now, sometimes what happens is they also project themselves down closer to us, and that makes it easier. So do you, in your in your abilities, do you, you don't see anything you don't see people. You're not a medium in that oh, sense. I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took it took about like, like it was maybe, I'm better with years than time. Um, maybe it was around 2015 or 16 when I started really being able to see with my mind's eye. But I could telepath with sound ever since I was, you know, I don't know, 15 or 16 maybe. Let yeah. me ask you, why do you think that this is part of your experience in this lifetime? Um, I've just known that this is what I'm here to do. This is the mission. Yeah. When I read Carlos Castaneda, there was a passage in the book and my mind stumbled on it. And it's very rare, like a phrase stops you in a book. And I had to read it again. And I still knew I didn't understand. I didn't get it. And I read it a third time. And when I read it a third time, this energy lit up in the center of my chest. And it was about the size of a, a flame of a big lighter. And it was right in the middle of my chest and it turned on. And that was the first time I ever had an experience like this. And that light stayed on my whole life. And it got bigger as I did more of the higher self work. But when that light came on, that experience and the information I was reading was so significant to me that I stopped becoming or wanting to become a medical doctor. I changed my whole course of life. So from the age of 18, when I found this spiritual information about other dimensions, because that was, you know, Don Juan, it just meant something to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And before that time, like nothing in life was really that important. I played sports. I was good at sports. I was good at academics. I had friends, but it didn't like mean anything deep to me. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I read this first spiritual teaching about other dimensions, like it just clicked. And then I had all these amazing things happen that just showed me that this is real. I'm sure your parents were very happy when you left med school to go talk about different dimensions. I'm yeah. sure that was a wonderful <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was confusing. Uh, yeah. My mom was all for whatever I wanted to do. My mom, you know, she supports us all regardless, like a good mom yeah. should, you know, just exactly. loves her kids. My yeah. dad was confused. He's like, Lincoln, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I'm getting a degree in religion and also in psychology. He's like, well, I know psychology. You can be a psychologist, but are you going to be a priest? Because I grew up Roman Catholic. And like, he couldn't understand, like, no, I'm not going to be a priest. I'm studying Buddhism. What's Buddhism? Buddhism. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the same conversation I had with my dad. So I'm going into the movie business. The what? <laughs> <laughs> There's an even business about movies? <laughs> Is it a movie? Like, no, I'm going into, I'm going to make movies. What? You're going to do what? Like, that's not a job. <laughs> it's very similar yeah. to this day again they still don't understand either you're it's, my father amazing. or my father yeah, can really you make money at that <laughs> and all i said was like i can make like 75 bucks a day as a pa and they're like 
what? <laughs> early, the late nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. Good Lord, man. Um, mm. So let me ask you though, because you're, you know, you obviously are doing this day in and day out, and this is part of your spiritual practice, as well as you're helping others. You have, you have your internal journey you're going through. How do you balance the non-physical spiritual side of you and just the daily grind, if you will, of being in the physical three-dimensional realm? Yeah. Um, the physical world's always been really easy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hardest thing is social interactions. Um, here, here's a story. Uh, so I was a young kid and I was, I had my first girlfriend and I was like in sixth grade and I had, you know, you pass notes and like, I, I was friends with this girl and we were all friends. So you're passing notes. Do you like her? And you know, you're going out now. And, yes. and then I, <laughs> I, so we were going out like all morning and I has, still hadn't had a conversation with her since we were boyfriend and girlfriend, even Obviously. though I knew this girl since kindergarten, you know, we sure. were, we were grew up together. And so it turns out we're in different classes on the opposite side of the hallway. And we both took our bathroom break at the same time. So she went to the bathroom. And when she was coming back from the bathroom, I had just stepped out of the classroom, a different classroom. And I walked past her. And that was like my first time to have a conversation with this girl that I thought was, you know, so amazing and so beautiful. And I didn't know what to say. And my mind was just absolutely empty. And I had no thought and I, I froze and I didn't know what to say. And I said something about, hi, how are you doing? And then, okay, see you later. You know, and then sure enough, she broke up with me by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself at sixth grade. Yeah. Not, not many of us could have had a, an was intelligent, traumatic. Offer, an like intelligent a... conversation with a girl you liked. <laughs> yeah, that, so, that was uh, tough. Um, oh, it is. It, 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 it's a whole, the whole, this whole life journey is, is mm-hmm. interesting, especially when you're younger. It's very, yeah. very difficult. Yeah, it's, it's so confusing and no one ever explained it to me. And I think that's a blessing in disguise because I got to figure it out as I went along. So I learned how to learn about life. And I think some people don't really develop that ability to like think for themselves and put together the pieces and be in uncomfortable situations to challenge yourself. Um, so I think just me having to like carry my own weight in the world really helped me to evolve into, you know, a stand-up person and someone who takes responsibility for their choices and their actions. And um, yeah, so to go back to your question, I've never had a job like a nine to five, except when I was in high school and in college, mm-hmm. you know, I started my own businesses as soon as I got out of college. Um I've always had a quiet life, kind of like a monastic life while living in the world. And it's really just recently since I changed the structure of my channeling business to actually charge people a flat rate that I actually said, okay, I'm going to like step out into the world more and I'm going to, you know, take it a little more serious and, you know, promote it a bit and do things like that. Well, my friend, I, 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 I warn you and prepare you for what will happen once this gets out. Oh, no. So uh, <laughs> I can't make any promises, but I have a good feeling, sir. I have a good feeling. Thank so uh, do you have, do you mind if we do a little channeling and, and channeling? Yeah, sure. I yeah I'd love to. Questions for the, uh, from the audience and see what happens. Okay. And yeah, what's your, great. what's your process by the way? So everybody knows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it happens instantly. <laughs> um, yeah. I've done thousands of channelings. Um, you know, it just so happens. Yeah. Um, so basically what I feel, and this started happening in the very beginning, after I learned how to get the consciousness to speak through my throat, it made its way down to my heart area. 
And so the first thing I experience is this energy center that I call the spiritual heart, which is the deepest doorway in your mental body. So like I explained that meditation or that, yeah, that random meditation I had when I was like 22 years old, where I went to that white light place, that's a doorway through your heart. So your heart actually has this energy doorway and that's where your eternal consciousness projects itself into this dreamlike human world. So when I start channeling, I feel my heart open up and I feel this energy start to shine. And then a column of light shoots up and it's about maybe, um, I don't know, like a thick as a phone width. It mm -hmm. shoots up and goes out of my crown and then my head will kind of jerk back a little bit. And then that's when my mind and these higher energy centers above my head are now connected into my heart. So it's like my soul of my personal Lincoln self is now connected to this higher intelligence of my greater self, my higher self. All right. So, so that's my experience. And uh, yeah, so while I channel, sometimes people feel the energies, uh, you know, there's this whole alignment that happens because we're all vibrational beings. So for Let's yourself, Alex, it. and yeah, anyone in the audience, just enjoy the process. All right, my friend. Thank you. Okay. Year one. Close your eyes. Feel the center of your chest. Be at peace. Relax into yourself. Relax into the feeling of your heart. Feel this quality of energy. Feel it as the power creating you. You are the shining light. While you feel your heart, also notice your space of open awareness. Feel the space around your body. Feel the space within your mind. Feel your heart. Feel the space. Allow both to be together. This is you. You are consciousness. You are an open state of empty awareness, shining with creative power. This energy within your heart, it feels like love. It's your love for life. It's the energy creating you. It's God's love. For you, the power you create with shines from your center. It's the gift of life. It's the life you give to your thoughts and your feelings, your words and your actions. Feel this sacred energy. Feel your heart shining into the space. You, dear one, are God. You are creating this human experience.
And this is the space in which your life appears, the space of your perception. And this is the energy you give to this experience to shape the forms you are creating with. Live as this. Live as your greater self. Now, dear one, now that we've aligned you into your heart, please, you may speak with us. Ask us anything that you wish. We are more than happy to answer. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now, back to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, how would you describe the relationship between the individual self and the higher self? Hmm. Well, you could say, dear one, that the higher self has already completed the journey of every lifetime lived. Now, this can be difficult for the human mind to understand because the human mind perceives in finite terms. We have a limited body. We have limited time. We even have limited creative power in this human reality. So the higher self has already lived and is already living right now every single experience throughout all of space and time that your own soul has ever completed. We are your inner teacher. You all have higher selves, each and every one of you. When you, dear one, desire to know yourself in a greater level of awakening, you're essentially moving towards your higher self state. The more you desire to know yourself and honor this inner journey, the more you realize that you have to let go of believing you're the human body because the human body is a form appearing within yourself, within your consciousness. You start to identify, I'm the consciousness, I'm not the body. I have a body that I create with, but I'm more than the body. You start to expand your perception and you realize you have a greater intelligence than your brain's memories can give you. So along this journey, you keep expanding and expanding and expanding yourself, and you attain more of your higher self within your personal experience. So when this channel, for example, is channeling for you, he leaves behind his human personality. He desires to go to God or go to source consciousness, call it what you may. And during this process, he experiences more of that which he is closer to his source. Now, please understand, the more the channel evolves during his human reality, the more of his higher self he can channel for all of you, and the more he can channel into this lifetime to use it for his human experiences. The higher self, dear one, is everything that you are, from the very beginning of your existence to the very end of your existence. And at that level, you know yourself, of course, to be one with everything. We hope our explanation was clear. It was. Could you provide some insight on how to better communicate with your higher self? Mm -hmm. That's a very good question. Uh, the first thing we need to do is recognize that we are not the thoughts, but we have thoughts. Once we understand this, we can essentially extract our consciousness from living in the story of thoughts to instead be an observer of the thought process. Now you've discovered two levels to your intelligence the one that is knowing your thoughts, and the thought personality. 
So once you can discern the difference between who you are as personal consciousness and what your personality is as a memory-based creation, then you can open yourself up to connect with other forms of intelligence that can also provide their qualities of information. So you learn how to disconnect your consciousness from being the personality, find yourself as a greater state of awareness, and then deal one, you desire to know God or know your higher self. You want to understand that it's a greater part of you. There are infinite beings in creation, and you most certainly can connect to other beings. There's lots of beings in every different dimension. But if you want to connect to your higher self, you really must understand that you are God, that you are this perfect eternal experience. You may not be able to comprehend what these words mean, but you have to be open to this reality. Being open to the possibility combined with having the desire will carry your consciousness into a direct connection with this universal intelligence, with this higher self-state. So first, dear ones, quiet your mind by realizing you're not the thoughts, you're a separate consciousness from the personality. And then from that place of deeper consciousness, desire to go to source. And as you do this, as you remain with a silent mind, the communication will naturally flow into you. Because you see, what will happen, dear ones, is as you're staying with a silent mind, you're still going to have random thoughts appearing. But your mind wants to learn. Your mind wants to create happiness. That's what it's designed to do. So when you're expanded into the universe, your human self is still going to be asking questions and seeking answers. And automatically, that human self communicates through you into your higher self state. We often call it the lower mind within the body and brain communicates into the higher mind. And the consciousness facilitates this process by being aware of both the lower mind and the higher mind at the same time. So what we often notice is we're sitting in meditation, we're feeling our oneness with the all that is, we're feeling our oneness with God, and a thought pops up, a desire pops up, a question pops up out of the body, and we feel it rising up into the brain, and we feel it actually going beyond the brain because we're connected even higher. And then after that thought appears in the universe, if we're just surrendered into this state, the universe will speak back through the body. And you'll hear it, and you'll feel it, and your body will know it. So the communication process happens automatically because the human mind wants to learn and grow and awaken. We just have to realize that we are the consciousness, connect into the all that is, and then just allow. Intuition appears, higher communication appears. Our advice is don't try to control it. Controlling it means that you're using your lower human mind understanding, but that's going to limit the higher mind at communicating itself to you. When the lower mind has expectations about how it should appear, it's like having a conversation with a person who believes they already know what you're going to say. And you've all been in conversations like that, where the person you're talking to acts as if they know what you're going to say, and as you watch them, you realize they don't even know what I'm thinking. So the lower mind has beliefs and thinks it has to control these processes, but its understanding is not at a high enough level to understand what the higher self is doing and how the higher self is communicating its knowledge. So just surrender, just relax. 
you as consciousness maintain that connection and automatically it's just going to appear as your human self is seeking evolution. How do you think we can best deal with doubt or fear when it comes to your spiritual journey? Mm. Mm. Well, this dear one, this is a deeply personal answer because fear is very real. Now, we understand a lot of times people will have these clever ways of saying it, right? Fear does not exist. Fear is only an illusion. But for the human body, fear is a reality. There are certain things in this human world that mean death for the physical body. And we're not just talking about physical injury. Even emotional death will cause intense emotional suffering, or excuse us, even emotional fear will cause us intense emotional suffering that weakens the energy body and can manifest physical diseases that thus threaten the body's survival. And so emotional experiences like heartache, losing someone you love, that can lead to physical suffering and even physical death. So being afraid of losing someone you love and experiencing that emotional difficulty is interpreted as something harmful to the physical body. So fear is a reality in this human experience. We say, dear ones, don't just ignore fear. Instead, try to understand it. For those of you who are new to our teachings, that's essentially what we deliver. And that's what your inner teacher has for you. The purpose of the higher self is to help you understand your experience of reality. It's not here to tell you the right answers, although the channel, of course, jokes about this, but it's really here to help you understand who you are so you can live the greatest experience that your heart desires. So we want you to look at your fear and unpack it. What are you afraid of? Oftentimes, you'll realize that what you're afraid of is the unknown. You're afraid of things that you've never experienced. You're afraid of things that you don't really understand. You can only imagine. So when you ask us about fear of connecting to your higher self or spiritually enlightening, it's really this, fear of the unknown. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So the solution to this is unpack your fear, realize what you're afraid of. And oftentimes it's something that you really can't be afraid of because you can't understand what the unknown future will be. The next step, dear ones, is observe in the present moment what you are connecting with. If you're connecting in your heart and you're connecting to the source of life as best you understand it, then you're connecting into a great power. You're connecting into that which is creating you. You're connecting into that which has all knowledge, all energy, all awareness. You're connecting into the all that is. So how can this be a damaging experience? How can connecting to the source that's creating everything, the energy of life within you, how can that be threatening your human body? If you're connecting to the source of life, it would then follow logically that your physical body would receive more life energy and be created for a longer period of time. So thoughts of physical harm, thoughts of physical death by connecting to source, they're simply irrelevant. Now, as you continue to honor this idea that you're connecting to God, you'll awaken to actual experiences that will make it easier to trust, such as the feeling of love in your heart, 
you'll realize that God's loving energy shines through you, that it's the power of love creating you and creating all things. And then, dear one, it becomes very easy to trust because the evidence is right there. You're made of love. And when you think of God consciousness, when you think of source, you awaken more love. And the love, it removes doubt and fear and pain and suffering. The love makes everything okay. So the love, the actual tangible experience of love will eradicate all fear because now you have knowledge, accurate knowledge from personal experience. You know what you're seeking, you know what you're connecting to, and it has revealed itself to you already. Usually people get stuck in fear because, well, they haven't reached this deeper state of tangible connection to their own divine self. They don't feel the love in their heart just yet. That happens because a person is still having strong physical wounding from a human lifetime of psychological difficulty. As we said earlier, learn that this is just the story. It's not who you are. The human body has suffered, but you're the consciousness. Find that state of silent inner awareness. Find that state of peace. When you recognize this, you'll realize, ah, I'm not the story. I have a story. I use a story. The story's real for this human dream but it's not who I am. Now you can let go of that story, let go of those emotions and those thoughts when they appear and direct yourself to God consciousness. Certainly enough, you'll start to feel the energy. Now you'll actually understand what you're connecting to and you can no longer be afraid. So for those of you who are stuck in fear, remember it's just a story and it's based from the past and it's not predicting what the future is going to be. It's not foretelling the future. It's just the past that you're remembering. Let go of that story, go into your heart, desire to know the source, and the energy of love will automatically appear within you. Thank you for that answer. How can people cultivate patience when they feel they're not making progress on their spiritual journey? Mm. You have very good questions. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Well, patience, dear one, is really based upon expectation. We have an idea in our human mind that things should happen at a certain point in time, and usually that's motivated just by a strong desire to get out of suffering. We become impatient because we're tired of suffering. At first, when we learn something new, we become hopeful, we become excited. We're not impatient at all. In fact, we're looking forward to the future. But then suffering's going to pop in because this human reality is based upon patterns of creation. So temporarily, we've escaped the pattern of our past. We're in a future of excitement and hope for something new because we've gained some new knowledge or we've met some new person. But certainly enough, when that excitement calms down, the old pattern's going to reemerge. The judging mind gets to a place where it says, this is enough. I don't want the old pattern to appear anymore. And then we start resisting the old pattern. And then we start having that expectation that leads to personal suffering, and that then becomes impatience. What we say, dear ones, is you should look more closely at what is happening in the present moment and try to judge your experiences by what the actual experience is showing you. So when you're impatient, you suffer. That alone can be evidence that that quality of thought is not serving your happiness. The idea of expectation being disappointed creates suffering. That alone should show you that's not a good thought to be creating with because I don't want to suffer. 
So if you just look at the present moment and see the quality of your ideas, you'll be able to sort through the ones that are helping you be happier and the ones that are reducing your happiness. When you look at the idea of patience, you realize it's built on trust. And because your human mind doesn't have all the answers, and because your human mind isn't all-powerful, you have to be trusting a greater intelligence. Call it your higher self, call it God, call it the universe, even call it a spiritual teacher. You have to be trusting in something to have true patience. When we trust in something, we feel safe. The body, mind, and emotions relax. So if we look at these two ideas and realize we can select either one, what has a higher quality of experience? What gives us more happiness? The problem with the human mind is we believe our ideas are true, instead of recognizing they're just interpretations. Right now, you're looking into eternity, and you can create any interpretation of what you are perceiving. Even in this finite human reality, there are so many forms right in front of your eyes. And you can choose to look at any form in your environment and create any interpretive idea about it. You are given eternity and infinity and creative opportunity. If we learn how to choose the ideas that allow us to feel the way we want to feel, we'll most certainly get rid of impatience. So it's really about looking at yourself as an infinite creator, looking at the qualities of these different thoughts. Like we project onto the future what we believe. It's not true. But what we believe we create with, those are energies going into the universe of form. So we're shaping our future by our beliefs because we're talking them and feeling them, making choices because of them and acting upon them. So try to have trust in a greater intelligence than yourself. You don't have to have all the answers. In fact, you're designed not to, because part of this human experience is awakening beyond your personal self in this creative journey. As human beings, we have to cooperate with one another in order to survive in this world. The body's greatest desire is survival. The body's second greatest desire is survival of the species. In order for the human body to survive, it has to interact with its environment, including the simple task of hunting and gathering. And so the human experience is based upon the teaching of going from separation to unity, and it appears on every level. When we realize that everything about us requires connection to something greater than us, well, then it follows that we simply have to trust in life. You have to trust if you walk into the forest, you're going to find some food. You have to trust in the people around you. You might be disappointed sometimes, but you're still going to need to trust. And as you awaken to a greater understanding, you learn to trust in the universe. You learn to trust in the intelligence creating everything. Now, the last thing we will say is trusting in the universe is not blind faith or hope. The more you awaken, the more you actually perceive how life is being created. You perceive the laws structuring life. You start to trust in the design of life if you're wanting to create with cause and effect. You start to trust in what is appearing in your experience. And this, of course, is the same as trusting in yourself. So try to build trust because that's what's lacking when we have impatience. We have an expectation of something bad will happen. We don't trust life will give us what we want. We don't trust we can create what we want. So try to get engaged from this higher state and you'll find the answers right here in front of you.
Thank you for that. Can you offer guidance on how we can discern between intuitive guidance from our higher self and personal desires or fears? Mm. Well, the two deal one appear in different ways. We like to paint pictures with our words. It helps the human mind to understand. So if you had two friends talking to you and one friend was happy and the other friend was angry, you'd be able to discern the difference, wouldn't you? The sound of their voice is different. The type of words that they choose are different. Their emotions are different. You would also hear them coming from two different locations. Your happy friend on the left, for example, your angry friend on the right. So the way the communication appears reveals to you what it is. Your higher self will be supportive of you. The human ego might condemn you sometimes. Right? The ego sometimes learns to get angry at itself, complain about itself, be afraid of itself, doubt itself. Your higher mind never creates in any of these ideas of limitation because your higher mind knows the truth of who you are. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. When you connect with your higher self, you will experience peace. That's often the first emotion to arise. And then as you relax into this peace and allow this peace to become you, then will awaken a quality of love. And as the love continues to grow, the more you trust in it, the more you unite with it, the more the love becomes blissful. From peace to love to bliss, that's the quality of emotion. Now, of course, the communication is also meant to help your logical mind navigate your human experiences. So as you listen to this information, you're going to need to test it out. You're going to have to act upon the information you're receiving. That's the only way to validate the information. This again develops trust. By trusting the information, you will realize the accuracy of the information you're receiving. Now, of course, to communicate effectively, you have to learn to listen. It's like the example with your two friends standing next to you. If you're not paying attention to them and you're listening to your own thoughts or just talking with your own voice, you're not going to understand the qualities of your friend's communication. You have to practice quieting down your own thoughts, relaxing into the state of awareness so that you can more accurately perceive these higher self qualities. Now, the beautiful part of the higher self is it's standing within you and above you. So you'll feel your spiritual heart open, and you'll also feel your brain open. You'll feel more electrical energy building in your brain area, and you'll feel the top of your brain, the crown area, expanding as well. And for those of you who have increased sensitivity of non-physical experiences, you will feel energy vibrating at different locations above the top of your head. The more awakened you are, the larger your aura grows, and then you start to integrate the higher chakras above your head, and you'll actually feel them getting active when they are communicating. So the higher self is truly located in the higher half of your human body. The lower self, that's what we call your human memory-based understanding. So the automatic thoughts and the automatic emotional reactions, they appear because of the memories stored in the lower four chakras from your heart down. 
Now, also, of course, your brain and your throat, they're in the human body as well, so they're subject to human memory. But really, the memories themselves are stored in the lower four chakras. And so when you feel energy moving in your belly or your abdomen or even your chest area, and it has a feeling of discomfort or even human excitement, it's going to nearly always be coming from your memory-based understanding. So the lower self begins its feeling in the torso of the body. The higher self is felt above the top of the head. The equality of energy of the higher self is peace and love and bliss. And the lower self communicates in the wide range of human emotions. Now, the last thing to say is we're not supposed to deny the lower chakras. Some spiritual teachings and teachers have said, just ignore the lower chakras. They're only meant to cause you trouble. We say, no, that's not correct. If you're ignoring part of yourself, it means you're dividing yourself off from your full potential. In order to create the greatest experience, you have to embrace your experience. And this includes all of the past experiences that have come with you on this journey. The more you awaken into your higher self state, you learn to embody these higher qualities of love and actually let your higher mind be felt in these lower centers of energy. Let the higher self and your spiritual heart fill your torso. Feel it working itself inside your chakras and inside your organs. You'll notice that it's easy to forgive past experiences. You'll notice that you have less random emotions and thoughts appearing from your past. So by allowing your higher self qualities of energy and information into your human psyche and into your chakra container, into this body-based personality, you will notice a transformation. And the memories of the past and the old ideas will become less and less, and you'll be influenced more fully by your eternal understanding. This is the process of psychological evolution for every human being. We wake up in this world as young infants. We need not know where we are. We have nothing supporting us. We are quite like babes in the woods, and we just start absorbing from the environment around us. We know nothing and we start absorbing everything that we're perceiving and it builds the understanding of who I am, what the world is, and what the relationship between myself and the world is. And then deal one as the energy system builds, as the brain develops, then eventually we have self-recognition. We start to identify I'm different from my environment. This happens in children around the ages of five, six, seven, or eight. Now we can think for ourselves. We can identify ourselves in our surroundings. That's the next level of brain-based spiritual awakening. Around the age of a teenager, and sometimes it doesn't awaken at all, even in adults, we start to awaken this understanding that I'm completely independent from my body and my personality. So as a young child, we become the body independent from the world. As an infant, the body and the world are one. We awaken to our spiritual self, often in our teenage years, and we start to realize I'm consciousness, and I have a body, and there's also a world. So during this process of awakening, we want to reach into higher states. We realize the human body has its own memory, and this is affecting the human worldly experience. So we can evolve our human personality. We can change the memory-based understanding that's stored in the human body. In order to take your consciousness out of body, you don't really need to work on your human psyche at all. The only real challenge is just trust and fear. 
You can be a greedy person, a selfish person. You can still have out-of-body experiences. But the energy of your understanding, that's going to limit how far you can travel in an out-of-body experience. So if you want to get to your higher self state or these greater states of your soul that exist in dimensions of love and peace and oneness, you're going to have to work on your personal understanding. And that work is done by healing your body and building healthy relationships with your friends and family and even the strangers in your world. Your physical body is storing your creative understanding. So naturally you'll evolve what's in you. We know you gave you a lot of information. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope that was understandable. Very much so. And do you have any parting messages for the audience? Mm. Just love life. That's all you're here to do. You dear ones are eternal. Now we realize you're remembering this. You forgot it when you were born and you're awakening to remember it. But in every moment, dear one, you are here simply to shine your heart. You are God. You are God for eternity. And everything that you perceive is God as well. Everything is the infinite self experiencing itself without limitation. If you feel your heart, you'll remember this. And if you express while feeling your heart, your words and your actions and your emotions will have a different quality. You truly are here to love your life. Don't try to escape it by trying to find God in some other dimension. There are other dimensions, and many of them have more happiness than here. But you've chosen to become here. This human reality is what you've decided to give to yourself. So embrace it. Embrace it with your heart. And when you're in your heart's energy, beautiful things happen. Your mind immediately starts building a new understanding. When you're feeling love, you'll think about all the grudges you want to let go of and all the people you want to forgive. And you'll start thinking about all the changes you want to put into your life to make your human life a better experience. Just by being in your heart and awakening this energy of love, all of this creative power shines through you. And your human self becomes inspired to create the life that you've always wanted to live. So feel your heart and love your life and be not afraid. Souls in this world, they're learning how to awaken. We all are on the same ship together. And we will be of great service to ourselves and each other by trusting our hearts and living with love. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Everyone has their own journey. We need not control each other's. We simply express from our heart to support and love each other while honoring the freedom we all have in this world that we all share to create. There will always be challenges in this human world. That's okay. Just be your best self. Just love this world as best you can. And we promise you, everything will continue to improve. Now, we thank you, dear one. We thank you, Alex, for allowing us and this channel upon your show. We wish you great things in your life. We're so happy for all the love and all the light that you share with us, that you share with this entire human creation. Thank you for your service. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel? Do you feel energized or do you feel weak? How's yeah, it yeah, I feel euphoric. Um, okay. 
yeah, every time when I channel, I feel euphoric and I feel my, even like, well, it's like when I lift my body, I kind of like feel like you're going to fall over. Um, feel like a fuzzy space, like a big fuzzy space. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of happiness inside of my heart. Um, nice. Yeah, it's a very beautiful experience. It's a, it's an amazing job to have. <laughs> uh, I'm so blessed. It's, to good, have it's great. It's this. great work if you can get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where can um, I apply? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that they said, um, and they say they, they they said we. Yeah. Is it? Can you explain that? Because if it's your higher self, why is it referring to itself as we? Okay. Because at that level of understanding, well, first a lot of people ask that question. It's a good one. Uh, at that level of understanding, everything is united. Everything is like a group mind, a uh, group consciousness. So that's part of it. Also, um, I'm here while the higher self is here. So together we're a we. And also you and I are here. We're a we. And when the higher self is speaking, usually it's talking about the collective experience that we are having. Um, so there's lots of integrations. There's really no separation in that dialogue. Fantastic. Well, uh, I have a few questions I ask all my guests, Lincoln. Yeah. Um, what is your definition of living a fulfilled life? Uh, well, the challenge with being human is that we create our own path. So if someone asks you, what's the purpose of life? It's really what you want to experience because you're the creator of your reality. So we'll only feel fulfilled when we achieve our own desires and our own personal goals. Uh, for myself, what I've learned along my journey is that the experience of just participating in life is the greatest joy. Uh, being here and trying to be as fully present, um, as fully expressive, like feeling my emotional energy, for me, that's the greatest happiness. It's like... <sighs> It's like if you're in a relationship, before you're in a relationship, you have all these ideas about what type of person you want, right? And you think that's yeah. going to make me happy. But actually the happiest moments are when you're just with a person or that person, but a person, when you're actually connected, when you forget about all these expectations and all these ideas, and you're just fully participating. Uh, now, I love to create things. Um, I love to participate. I grew up playing sports, as I think I've shared. So like I'm very interactive. I love engaging in life. And when I'm in my heart doing any of these activities, it takes on a different quality. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't matter so much the results, not to my happiness, but of course my human mind is results oriented. So it wants to, you know, win the game or, mm -hmm. you know, succeed or whatever my goal is. Uh, but I think the secret to happiness is just live your best expression because your energy of creativity, that's the feeling of love. That's how I experience it. And the more I let myself express, the more my heart flows with creative energy and the happier I am in that present moment. If you had a chance to go back in time and talk to little Lincoln, what advice would you give him? <laughs> don't, don't worry so much, man. <laughs> <laughs> you think too much. <laughs> Relax. It's going to be okay. Yeah. 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 I have, oh my God. I had such a, I still do. I have a very powerful mind. Like it's, I mean, I think to do the channeling stuff, like my mind, I can stay concentrated. Like every Sunday I channel for about four hours straight. Um, and I don't That's eat and I just go nonstop. Um, yeah, I have a class I do every Sunday. Um, so my mind's really strong. And when I was young, like I really thought deeply 
And sometimes there's things in life that just aren't resolvable. And yeah. sometimes I would like, um, like trip myself up with my own thoughts because I made things too important. And if you make something important, then you stress yourself out. You have all this anxiety going into the experience. And um, so, yeah, I think the best advice I give myself is just relax. Like, it's okay. Take your time. Uh, just have fun. I know something else and it was interesting. I was, um, I was talking to a friend who's uh, like a psychologist and, you know, we shared some things about my childhood and that. And one thing that she pointed out to me that was really powerful was um, like how difficult it must have been as a child for you, because I was very aware and very knowledgeable as a young child. And as a result, my life was very like intellectually important. I won't say serious because I didn't get stressed out about school and things, but my mind was very active processing things. And as a result, I kind of missed out on a lot of like the stupid things that kids do that yeah. are fun about being a kid. Like I yeah. always thought like what's going to happen or, you know, I was 10 steps ahead. So I would tell my young self, just relax, like have some more fun. Like don't take life so seriously. <laughs> Fair enough. How do you define God? Um, it's you, it's me, it's everything. For me, God is being everything. God is creating everything. God is experiencing itself as everything. And God is also beyond all of its own creation. So for me, it's like God's dreaming the universe. And if we look at our own selves, like our brain creates the dream or our mind creates the dream, the dream is a creation of the mind, but the mind is in the dream doing the dreaming. So that's like God to me. And I think there's a lot of these, um, like, uh, what are they called? Uh, like as above, so below, these holographic mm -hmm. expressions in our reality. So we understand God by aspects of our own experience, like the dreaming experience. And finally, what is the ultimate purpose of life? <laughs> um, just to enjoy it. When I remember who I am, I just feel happy. And it, then you just stay there and life just continues for eternity. And there's always new experiences. And when you remember who you are and what everything is, you just feel happy. And automatically that love in your heart just wants to express. Your heart just gives. It just wants to give energy. And when your heart's really strong, you don't think about what you can get. You think about what you can get up here and you feel what you can get in your lower emotions in your belly. But your heart just wants to give. And that's, of course, is the spiritual heart. It's different than like the wounded heart of the emotions, like heartache and that, because that wants to receive as well. Um, but now, yeah. Where, but where can people now find you, uh, find more, uh, find out more about you and the amazing work that you're doing in the world? Okay. Well, thank you for the compliment. Uh, so I have a website called channelhigherself.com. And I'm also on YouTube as Channel Higher Self. Um, Everything's there. I have 2,600 videos, I think. Uh, I've been doing Slacker. it for almost 20 years. Slacker, <laughs> Slacker, Slacker. Yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> when you do it for 20 years, it adds up. Um, yeah, so I work with people one-on-one. -on -one, um, so you can contact me through my website for that. And then I also have a class. And the class is, is really unique, I think. So it's a three-month program. And every three months, we roll into the next cycle. And every cycle, we have a topic. And I'll spend 13 weeks giving you channeled teachings that teach you all about that topic. And I channel it. I don't prepare. 
I'm given the topic. I don't know what each lesson is going to be. I just go into the flow state. But what happens is the higher self teaches you and it builds you up through these experiences and the culmination. So now you understand fully this topic that we've been working on. Um, every week we're given a meditation. Um, so it's like one week of information or one hour of information, a 30 minute meditation, an hour half of Q&A with the audience. And if so, people really want to be dedicated to their awakening, if they like how I do it, or they um, uh, they want to connect more to their higher self, you know, then this is a, a great opportunity to do that. And uh, do you have any parting messages for the audience? Uh, two things. One, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Um, yeah, and I just, I'm real happy for everything. I think this was a, a lot of fun for me. Um, it was great meeting you, Alex, and I hope that your audience, you know, really enjoys it. Hope they can feel the energy. I hope uh, for someone who maybe didn't experience channeling, hopefully their mind was a little blown. I know my mind was blown when I read Don Juan. I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. <laughs> um, so I love blowing people's minds. I love just celebrating life. And yeah, I'm just really grateful. I appreciate you and the work that you're doing to awaken the planet, my friend. Thank you again for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Yeah, have a blessed life. <laughs> Hopefully I'll see you soon. See you in person. I want to thank Lincoln so much for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 310. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.